Welcome to Preacher to Preacher, a podcast for those who want to get noticeably better in their preaching and teaching ministry. I'm Rick Reed, president of Heritage College and Seminary, and on today's podcast, I want to talk to you about the preacher and insignificance. A well-known Christian preacher tells the story of driving to speak at a church with his two children in the back seat. When they arrived, the parking lot was almost empty. Only three other cars could be seen. So his seven-year-old son looks out the window at the empty parking lot and says, Dad, nobody's coming to hear you, and you're so famous. His daughter turned to her brother and said, Well, if Dad's so famous, where are all the people? Now, feeling a bit defensive for his dad, the boy shot back, Knock it off, sis. It's tough being famous when nobody knows who you are. You know, that boy was right. It's tough being famous when no one knows who you are. You know, that story makes me smile, but it also makes me reflect. You see, most of us as pastors and preachers will always be relatively unknown. We may serve a city church that is lost in a larger metropolis. We may serve a rural church that's located on the outskirts of obscurity. Sure, we'll be known to the people in our congregations, but beyond that, well, not so much. And most of the time, that's just fine. We enjoy our calling and find satisfaction in serving. We went into the ministry to be faithful, not famous. But sometimes, unexpectedly, something surfaces our latent insecurity. It may be hearing a report about the growth that's taking place in another pastor's church, or reading about a seminary friend who now leads a high-profile ministry. As we compare ourselves with others, we sometimes feel small and insignificant. It's tough to be famous when no one knows who you are. You know, the New Testament has a message for all of us who sometimes struggle with a sense of insignificance. The New Testament reminds us that we are in good company. When Paul wrote to the believers in Corinth, he described himself and his colleagues as, quote, known and yet unknown, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Now, we all know Paul as one of the high-profile Christian leaders of the early church, If someone were carving a Mount Rushmore for Christian ministers, we'd vote for Paul's face to be carved on it. He seems larger than life. And yet, Paul had a realistic understanding of his place in society. He knew that he was relatively unknown in the larger Roman world. Oh, he may have been known among the fledgling churches, but he could still classify himself as one of the unknowns in the wider culture. But being an unknown in the world didn't rob Paul of his joy or diminish his contentment in ministry. What mattered most to him was being known to the one who mattered most. By grace, he had come to be known by God and to know God. As a result, he lived with a sense of significance that was anchored in the eternal. Paul learned to find his significance in being well known to Jesus. And God wants us to learn that same life-giving lesson. You know, in my first experience as a solo pastor, part of God's gracious curriculum for me 
involved reorienting my sense of significance. The church I served was in a small town in central California, a town that was only a pit stop for travelers driving between San Francisco and L.A., a town whose name literally means mud hole. Now, the people in that congregation were warm and welcoming, and I was grateful for the privilege of serving in a healthy church, at least most of the time. There were moments when I struggled with a sense of insignificance. And here's where Paul's words about being unknown but well-known first began to work their way into my heart. They kept reminding me that my significance was found in knowing Christ and being well-known to Jesus no matter where he placed me to serve. In his book, No Little People, Francis Schaeffer writes this. He says, As there are no little people in God's sight, so there are no little places. To be wholly committed to God in the place where God wants him, this is the creature glorified. Schaefer goes further, and he counsels that we not seek a bigger place unless, quote, the Lord himself extrudes us into a greater one, end quote. Now, I don't recall ever reading the word extrude before, so I was happy that Schaefer went on to explain its meaning. Here's what he writes. The word extrude is important here. To be extruded is to be forced out under pressure into a desired shape. Picture a huge press jamming soft metal at high pressure through a die so that the metal comes out in a certain shape. This is the way of the Christian. He should choose the lesser place until God extrudes him into a position of more responsibility and authority. That's well said, isn't it? So what should we do when our hearts become restless and discontented? What should we do when we struggle with feelings of insecurity in the ministry? I think we need to preach to our own hearts. We need to remind ourselves that it's too soon to know the significance of our service. And then we need to keep serving with passion and with faithfulness in the place and in the ministry God has put us. This is what makes us well known to Jesus. So this week, as you continue to serve the Lord and preach his word, remember that your significance is found in being well known to Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like information on Heritage College and Seminary, visit our school's website at discoverheritage.ca. To receive a free ebook on how you can get free from your sermon notes, or to learn about my noticeably better preaching course, visit our website at rickandlindareed.com.